You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 543 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, on this fine Wednesday evening, talking about what became a 111-104 loss for the Atlanta Hawks at the hands of the San Antonio Spurs. I was in the building for this one at State Farm Arena, so plenty to get to about this contest. I do want to start off with some pregame stuff that transpired here. The Hawks were about 6-point underdogs, give or take, throughout the day on Wednesday. John Collins was actually listed, listed as questionable originally after missing the last three games with flu-like symptoms. Uh, but he was upgraded to probable and eventually was available with a 25-minute limit, um, I guess minutes restriction to be more formal about it, which the uh, Hawks were able to stick to. Uh, but Collins, uh, Lloyd Pierce said I should say that before the game that Collins was still dealing with some coughing symptoms and some breathing weirdness, but did a full workout with Chris Gemp earlier in the day on Wednesday to prepare for the game and was upgraded to available after that went well. On the flip side, though, Dwayne Debman missed this game for the Hawks. He was, he was originally listed as doubtful. And then was ruled out actually um, closer to availability. So, but I and uh, I actually asked about Deadman's long-term prognosis or or short-term prognosis, kind of kind of whichever one that was going to be there. So I wanted to play the audio from what Lloyd Pierce had to say about Deadman and his absence in this game. It didn't seem serious. I don't think there was an MRI taken. It just was sore. And, you know, he, he said he felt a minor hyperextension when he did it. And I asked him in asthma, but he said he felt fine to go back in, and then he got hit in the knee again. So I think it's just a combination of two different things, two minor things um, that causes soreness today. So as you hear from Pierce in that instance, this does not appear to be a long-term injury, at least according to the Hawks' side right now. We will definitely monitor that. The Hawks do not play again until Saturday against Brooklyn, so we'll keep an eye on Deadman. But uh, because of the fact that Alex Poitras got injured in this game on Wednesday night, that kind of makes Deadman's availability even more important because Amari Spellman is out for a few more weeks at a bare minimum. So the Hawks are very short-handed in the front court. They don't have Miles Plumlee, who's been out for quite a while with, with a knee injury. So, um, you know, if... On, for instance, on Saturday, if the Hawks are without Deadman uh, again, and then without Poitras and without Spellman, they would be very, very shorthanded. Basically, have Alex Lynn, John Collins, Vince Carter, and Justin Anderson um, as the front uh, rotation in this game. Uh, I do think that the Hawks, of course, do have an open roster spot. They could certainly sign someone off the scrap heap or off the G League somewhere um, to add to the front court rotation. But for, for the moment, this is now an official problem if Deadman is unable to play on Saturday. So we'll keep an eye on that in the future. As for this game itself, I mentioned before the final score is 111 to 104. The Hawks battled throughout as they are wont to do this uh, this season. They played great in the first half for the most part, at least in, at least in the second quarter. But the uh, fourth quarter was kind of owned by the uh, Spurs down the stretch, and the Hawks were uh, definitely competitive until the end. But uh, for the most part. The right, the right result happened, I would say. The better team won in this spot, even if it was kind of an ugly game. And honestly, one to probably forget um, in the grand scheme because there wasn't too much in the, in the way of, of entertainment along the, along the way here, but there were a few things to hit on, as there always are. So, starting at the beginning here, the Hawks actually opened this game with a 6-0 lead because Torian Prince and Alex Lynn came out of the gate 
firing with back-to-back threes. There's also a really nice skip pass that I saw from Torian Prince off the dribble with one hand um, that it was to Kevin Herter for an open three. Herter did not make it, so it wasn't like a highlight play in terms of just one that was making it around. I thought it was a really good, really good and encouraging pass from Torian Prince that I wanted to point out. There was a sort of immediately, though, a 9-0 run by the Spurs after the Hawks scored the first six points, and then later a 7-0 run by the Spurs. So two separate runs in that first quarter from San Antonio. Um, Derek White, who was praised roundly after this game by Lloyd Pierce for a, uh, I believe he actually called him a, he called him a quote elite defender end quote and referenced the fact that White had six block shots from the point guard spot in this game but he had a he also also had a poster dunk in the first half he got Alex Lynn on one that you probably would have seen by the time you listen to this podcast it was a thunderous throwdown from Derek White who I've always enjoyed um, elsewhere though um, actually the seven zero run. In the, the sec, sorry the second the second seven zero run from the Spurs became an eleven zero run because the Hawks then went to the second unit for the first time and that's something that Lloyd Pierce has been doing for a while now but going to the full second unit is going to be kind of rough at times and that was definitely the case there um, I thought the first quarter minutes from Alex Poitras were kind of rough which feels bad to say now because he got hurt in this game obviously but he really struggled for the most part in this contest I have been a fan of Poitras this game but it was not his night even uh, even before the injury which is worth pointing out the Hawks though did close on a nice run a, a 10-3 to run to end the first quarter with Kent Bazemore kind of coming alive and keying things on the offensive end of the floor in general though the offense was rough in the first quarter uh, only shot nine of 24 from the floor but only two turnovers which, which was definitely helpful and in, the, in this game the Hawks did not have a huge turnover problem with 14 but the shooting was just not really there throughout but that definitely started in the first quarter for Atlanta in the second quarter the Spurs went up, went up by 10 after a 10 to 4 run but then from that point forward there was actually a, a sort of a barrage from Davis Bertans which was kind of unexpected for the Spurs to kind of long-range connections but the Hawks did battle from there, though, and actually had a really nice quarter aside from that early that early uh, shakiness. There was a 7-0 run led by Jonah Adams and Torian Prince to get back within two points, and then the Hawks scored the last eight points of the, of the first half to take a three-point lead in the halftime, actually. The, Atlanta had six threes in the second quarter, which was uh, definitely noteworthy on a, on a night where they only made 13 overall, so most almost half of those were in the second quarter. They were, that was the one time they were actually shooting the ball well. Um, in general, pre- pretty balanced scoring the first half. 10 for Kent Bazemore, 10 for Kent John Collins, nine for Prince and nine for uh, for sorry for Alex Lynn. It was interesting, actually interesting and noteworthy to see the Hawks leading at the half with Trey Young struggling mightily with his offense. He was one of ten from the floor in the first half of this game. Did have four assists and no turnovers, which is which is nice to see for Young. But combined, the Hawks' backcourt of Young and Herder was two of sixteen in the first half, and that will put you in a rough spot most of the time. But Credit to them for closing out the way they did the rest of the half, and the Hawks were great on the on the defensive glass in the first half and really the entire game, but especially the first half. A 91% defensive rebound rate, that's excellent, um, and that was able to sort of hold the Spurs to one shot and keep them at bay for the most part in that second quarter. After the half, it was sort of a back-and-forth affair for the first few minutes. Then sort of One of the biggest things to note in the, in the entire game was the fact that Torian Prince was ejected in a hurry with about 7.28 to go um, in the third quarter. Uh, that was kind of a weird scene. Um, given the fact that we are sort of far away from the floor, um, Prince was someone who, you know, it didn't look like it was very egregious. Scott Foster was the referee in question. And uh, he is a very interesting referee in a lot of ways. Um, so that's something to just keep in mind there. It was not, he's not someone who's always super popular, but uh, he was uh, able to tee up Torian Prince twice in a row, back-to-back, um, without any break in between, and uh, he ran Prince from the game, uh, sort of in a hurry. So 
Um, Lloyd Pierce was actually asked about that after the game, and he sort of referenced the fact that it was something, something was a bad choice of words. Um, was I believe the quote from from Lloyd Pierce? No specifics there, but it was definitely something you, that you don't see every day to see someone sort of calmly. It wasn't like Prince made a huge gesture or anything like that either. Just kind of calmly said the wrong thing clearly to Bobby Scott Foster, and he was run as a result of that. And uh, only only you know, only played 20 minutes or so um, because of that. So um, just something to keep in mind when you're trying to evaluate the second half of this game is that Prince was not available and the Hawks were really shorthanded as a result of that. Uh, the third quarter, Trey Young also opened 4-4 after going 1-10 of in the first half. So good to see him sort of get on track, get on track a little bit um, with his um, offense early in the third quarter. There was a 7-0 run by the Hawks to take the lead on a three-point play from Dondre Bembry. Um, the last play of the third quarter, though, was Alex Poipers rolling the ankle and the Hawks are officially calling it a right ankle sprain. Um, after the game, though, Lloyd Pierce said that it was going to be a while for Poitras. No specifics in terms of what that actually means, but I think he's, there's no way he's going to be playing on Saturday and Sunday based on the way that Pierce was talking about that, and that's definitely unfortunate for a guy on a two-way contract like Poitras is. The fourth quarter, actually, John Collins already had 18 minutes. He was on a minutes restriction of 25 minutes, so um, he had he had enough function as the backup center in the fourth quarter, so the Hawks were very short-handed there with only Collins, Lynn, and Carter playing big minutes. Um the Hawks got, got got down by seven, kind of in a hurry, but a nice 5-0 run from Trey Young and John Collins combining to get back within two, about eight minutes to go from there. Vince Carter got a technical foul, actually, after, after Prince had been ejected. He uh, wanted a foul call on Derek White with about six minutes to go, and Vince kind of kind of exploded, probably earned that one. Even Lloyd Pierce kind of acknowledged that as well. The Hawks did tie it with about five and a half minutes to go after a big three from Vince and two free throws from Kent Bazemore. But from there, um, it was all Spurs. Uh, the, the Hawks did sort of dent the lead a couple of different times, but there was a couple of rough possessions where, you know, Bembry missed a layup at the rim, and then that turned into a Bertans three on the other end to go back, go back down by seven with three minutes to go. The Hawks did get it um, back within um, only three with about two minutes to go, but uh, Trey Young missed that missed the free throw that would have got it to two, and then Aldridge hit a three-point play over Vince Carter, and then finally Trey Young got, got blocked to the rim, and then DeMar DeRozan sealed it with sort of a bucket at the end of the, uh, other end of the floor to go up by eight with about a minute and a half to go, and the Hawks never really threatened again from there. So, you know, all, thing, all, all things considered, I will say that this is probably a competitive effort in a lot of ways. The Hawks didn't and did not actually end up covering the spread, which is usually a pretty good indication of the way the team played. But for the most part, Atlanta was in control in terms of that that side of things. In fact, kind of a bad beat if you had the Hawks in this game. My apologies if that was the case. But um, you know, overall, the offense was just just wasn't good enough in this game. Thirty nine percent from the floor, thirty percent from three, uh, fourteen turn- turnovers, which is not too crazy many, but only six six assists in the second half. That's going to get you beat a lot of the time and a 99.6 offensive rating. Defensively, the Hawks did a pretty de- pretty decent job on the uh, nine-man rotation that the Spurs were playing. Um, but, you know, they, they, they really had some trouble stopping LaMarcus Aldridge, which isn't a huge surprise. He had 32 points um, for, to lead all scorers for the Spurs. But it was basically just him and Derek White. Um, some flashes from DeRozan, but he wasn't really a huge part of the offense in this game. Um, I, I, he had the ball in his hands as a passer more than anything, which is not really normally his role. But um, you know, Rudy Gay had a nice, had a, had a nice decent game in support as well. But the Spurs were not at full strength without Jakob Pertl and sort of a weird roster right now. But they won on the road and won. And the Spurs actually have really struggled on the road this season, although they've not won four in a row. So no huge crime in losing to the Spurs. But the Hawks just didn't play an A game. Even Lloyd Pierce referenced that after the game. 
that the Hawks didn't play well. They did compete, though, throughout the night, so credit to them for that. But the end result was a seven-point loss. Uh, we will get to the individual play in this game in, a, in just a quick second, but I do want to take a moment to remind you to subscribe to this podcast as well as the entire Locked On Podcast Network. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, um, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. Please check us out there. Leave, leave five-star feedback. And, and also, it's very important that you tell a friend. Word of mouth is huge in the podcast industry so please go ahead and share the podcast with anyone that you think might listen to it and we really really appreciate that so after the short break we'll come back and talk individual play in this contest all right and we're back talking about the individual players in this contest we'll start on the bench um one quick note bj johnson who'd been a part of their hawks rotation for the last couple of games did not play much if at all here less than a minute play he came in for prince after prince was ejected but then they went back to a normal rotation before that so they, those minutes went to Kent Bazemore and DeAndre Bembry. No huge surprise there. You know, Johnson's on a 10-day contract. He has been pretty impressive the last couple of games before this, but with everybody healthy now, with Torian Prince also around for most of this game, with Prince, Herter, Bembry, and Bazemore, that's a full wing rotation, and Johnson's the odd man out there. But worth noting that the Hawks could, I guess, in theory, go with Torian Prince, some at the four, if the big man problems continue in terms of just availability for the big men. So keep in mind on that. If that happens, they might be able to go with uh, B.J. Johnson. A little bit on Saturday, so we'll keep an eye on that, on that situation. Um, elsewhere in the in the reserve group here, I mentioned before, Poitras really struggled in this game. Four points, six rebounds. So the numbers don't look terrible, but he was minus twelve and uh, probably earned that. Honestly, he got lost a couple times on defense. His offense was uh, always shaky, as it kind of always is. There was one badly missed three pointer that it's definitely worth pointing out. I don't want to pile on on a night when he got hurt, but he wasn't great in this contest. Um, elsewhere, Jalen Adams made uh, made a three, which is some, sort of his calling card. He's shooting the ball well for the most part this season, but he was one of five in this game. Uh, was plus nine, which is kind of misleading in some ways because I didn't think it was necessarily all him driving that, but had three rebounds and assists and a steal. Two turnovers for Adams in a supporting role. Uh, Kent Bazemore was very active early on, had 10 points in the first half, was kind of cooler after that. Four of 11 from the floor, 12 points, six rebounds, two assists, a, sh- a steal and a block. I think Bazemore is pressing a little bit offensively the last couple of games, taking some bad shots. Um, he was efficient enough. It wasn't like he was bad in this game in terms of efficiency, but I think he just needs to settle in a little bit more and not, not press offensively. It sort of struck me that he had a couple of just bad decisions, a couple of bad forced shots that he could probably correct moving forward. Uh, Vince Carter shot the ball well again in this game. He continues to just light it up from three-point range. He was three or four um, from beyond the arc here, three of six overall. One or two from the free throw line had 10 points, three assists, and a rebound. I think Vince has been playing quite well recently. In fact, Jeff Siegel, good friend of the program, wrote about Vince Carter's clutch defense recently this week. So check out check that out on PeachTreeHoops.com. But other than that, I think Vince just played well. And I think, you know, as weird as this is to say, he's going to have to be a big part of things over the weekend. Not ideal for someone on a back-to-back at his age on Saturday and Sunday where the Hawks have two games in two days against the Nets and the Pelicans. But still, if um, po- if Poitras and Spellman obviously is going to be out, Poitras I assume is going to be out, and then Deadman, we'll, if those guys are unavailable, going to be a lot of Vince Carter at the four, so we'll keep an eye on that, on that situation as well. And finally, DeAndre Bembry, 20 minutes for him, 8 points, 2 steals, didn't have a rebound or assist, um, was efficient-ish, uh, did, did knock down a 3 in this game, was 1 of 4 from the floor in terms of um, long-range attempts, but you know, Bembry... Interestingly, you know, he had, he had one bad miss at the rim, which is sort of his calling card. A couple of interesting decisions, some baffling ones from him, an up and down game. I didn't think he was bad defensively. I think he, I thought he played pretty well on the floor, but I uh, nothing nothing crazy, efficient offensively or productive offensively. Just sort of a run in the mill game for Bembry. 
to the starters in this contest, uh, you know, Prince was the one who didn't play a whole lot because 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 he got run. Um, highs and lows from Torian did have nine points on six on six shot attempts, two or four from three. A couple of good, a couple of nice, encouraging shot making opportunities for him. Five rebounds did did have a nice pass I mentioned before early on on kickout to um, Kevin Herter. In the first quarter, and a steal and a block as well. So at least, at least pretty active there. But still, Prince had some baffling shot attempts, a couple of just complete forces. Um, you know, a, a frustrating game in some ways, but also an encouraging way game in some ways. And obviously, the early the early ejection, I don't really care about necessarily as a takeaway. It was not something that you want to see your starting small forward have happen to them in the third quarter. But nothing huge to take away from that. Um, Alex Lynn. Played a lot because they, need, they needed him in this game. Was actually plus 12 to lead the Hawks in plus minus by a lot. 11 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. He was very effective uh, around the rim. I thought he did a pretty good job on Aldridge for the most part. I know Aldridge had a big game, but it wasn't like uh, Led was just getting torched by him. And his length presented some issues for Aldridge at times. And he was 2-5 from 3-4 from the floor. So I thought he played pretty darn well um, by his standards here. Kevin Herter did not play so well. I didn't think 7 points, 5 assists, which is nice to see to lead. Actually led the Hawks in assists. It was one of the very, very few games this season when Troy Young did not lead the team in assists. It's because Herter got to 5 and only Young, Young had only had 4. Um, Herter had 4 rebounds. Just didn't play with a ton of force. Something that I've been saying for a while. I know Tower Jones, good friend of the program, is talking about that a little bit during this game. He just does not play with a ton of force a lot. There, it does happen where he plays with more, but in this game he sort of bounced off some guys that just wasn't playing with a lot of physicality. Didn't shoot the ball great either. 1 of 6 from, the, from 3, 2 of 10 from the floor. So a, uh, a game to forget for Kevin Herter, I would say. John Collins had a double-double with 18 and 10. Good to see him uh, come back with a vengeance here in his 25 minutes. Uh, and that's obviously even more productive when you, when you consider that he was limited from a, from a minute standpoint. Did miss both of his threes, but was 6 of 9 on twos, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. So, uh, you know, good to see him sort of attacking and not, hold, not holding anything back after missing three games. And the production is what it is. So I thought Collins played pretty well. And then Trey Young struggled a little bit in this contest. Uh, 22 points for Young, which is obviously not too bad. Um, but on 24 shot attempts, um, field goal-wise and six free throw attempts, so it wasn't like he was very efficient. Six rebounds, four assists. You know, only two turnovers, which is actually kind of nice for Trey but was minus 16, and the Hawks just weren't great when he was on the floor. Defensively, he got beat up a little bit by, by Derek White. Um, White is big and physical, and again, I mentioned this before on the podcast, but Lloyd Pierce really went out of his way to praise Derek White's defense in this spot. I actually asked Pierce um, after the game about just how they how they handled um, – Young being sort of guarded differently in this contest, you know, he referenced the, he gave a lot of credit to White, but it was very clear to see on film that the Hawks were um, being trapped on Monday against the Miami Heat. They were throwing two guys at Young almost the entire game, and this this was a very different game plan from San Antonio, who was uh, trailing him a lot. Trey Young did not seem to be very comfortable with with the uh, players trailing him, not too close to him, but just kind of close enough for discomfort. If you're Trey Young, obviously the shooting um, was not all caused by that because the fact that he was one of seven from three and missed a bunch of jump shots in this contest, but still wasn't able to get all the way to the rim and finish in the way that he had the last couple of games here. No worries in terms of that from Trey Young, but the last two games after his uh, you know famous explosion, which was gonna, never going to be fully sustainable, he's now 12 of 35 in the last two games at 1 of 11 from 3. So he was due for some regression, and that's going to be happening every once in a while here, but I didn't think Young was very good. Obviously, it's good to have a guy who can still produce for you with 22 points, uh, even when he's not. It doesn't really have it going, but the passing 
I will say he probably should have had seven or eight assists. There was, there was a couple. It's like this is almost every game, but Young has a couple of assists that were not finished that probably should have been. So keep that in mind when you're, when you're trying to evaluate his assist number, which was, I guess, only four in this contest. That he, I think he was probably better than that. Still, Young just didn't play that all that well, and uh, Pierce referenced, it, referenced him struggling a few times. I would agree with that. And, you know, again, it's a bad matchup for him because Derek White is huge compared to Trey Young. He's like a legit six four six five, whereas Young is not. Um, but you know, all that to say, the Hawks just. Didn't have that singular offensive guy just dominating in this game. You know, Collins played well and was efficient. But Young, Young wasn't hurt or really struggled, and uh, the offense sort of as a whole took the, took the brunt of that because they had again a sub sub 100 offensive rating, and that's going to get you beat, especially at home against a quality playoff bound team like San Antonio. So. That's plenty to talk about on this game, I think. Again, the Hawks will be back in action on Saturday and Sunday with a back-to-back against the Nets and the Pelicans. I plan to have another podcast between now and then. Not sure what the plan is going to be on that one. It might be just me by myself. I do have one guest that could be appearing, so as a spoiler alert there, that could be happening in the next couple of days, but I'm not sure when that's going to happen. I'll either have a podcast first thing Friday or first thing Saturday. Probably first thing Friday. We'll see how things go on Thursday night, but stay tuned for that. Please subscribe to the podcast. Do all that fun stuff. We'll see you later on in the week.